Welcome on today's episode of the Dr. Dean Show. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Elizabeth Zach, and we will be talking about teens, social media, and mental health, specifically asking the question though, does social media contribute to depression and suicidal thinking? Dr. Dean Beckloff has been working as a counselor with students, families, kids, and teens for over 40 years. As the founder of the Beckloff Behavioral Health Center, Dr. Dean focuses on children and families that need a little extra help via counseling. Each week with Dr. Elizabeth Zach, we discuss all things family-related to help people create the positive family they want to build. Welcome to the Dr. Dean Show. Welcome again to the Dr. Dean Show. Uh, I'm Dr. Dean Beckloff, and today, as I said, our topic is social media and does it contribute to teen, teen depression and suicidal thinking. Now, over the last 10 years or so, we've been seeing in the research a rise in teen depression and also in suicidal thinking and in a lot of issues. And really, I think it's been about the last 20 years that we've seen this. Um, and so we're going to be discussing what makes some teens more vulnerable, perhaps, to the negative impacts of social media. We're even going to talk a little bit about what those impacts are. And then we also want to give some recommendations for parents on how they can help their teen as well as other information about this topic. We want parents to have a way to navigate through this. Mm -hmm. um, now today again, like I said, we are joined by Dr. Elizabeth Zach, who is the director of our counseling services at Beckloff Behavioral uh, health center. Uh, she's a licensed psychologist and is simply an amazing force of nature <laughs> in all that she does and accomplishes on behalf of the family she works with in counseling. And her intelligence, her wit, and her warmth are experienced by everyone, including those of us who get to work alongside her. How kind. And then our guest today, our special guest, is Emma Butler. And Emma is simply the cog around which our company wor works. At Beckloff Behavioral Health Center, she's the cog, and she tries to keep everybody in line, <laughs> doing the best she can, and nobody can do it better. So Thank you. Emma is our office manager, managing everybody and everything there. But not only is she doing that, she is also currently completing a master's in counseling at SMU, and then she will begin her career in counseling about, about upon graduation. She's been involved in some of the research in this topic today about social media, and so that's why we wanted to invite her to be a participant with us so that we can learn from her as well and some of the research she's found out. Now, uh, the reason this kind of pricked my interest was a, the lawsuit that was filed last week, and it was by two fairly large school districts in Seattle, mm -hmm. and the, it, it was made against TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat, seeking to hold them accountable for the mental health crisis in youth. And some of the things it says in the lawsuit, which I think is interesting, it blames these companies for worsening mental health and behavioral disorders, including anxiety, depression, disordered eating, and cyberbullying, making it more difficult to educate students and forcing schools to take steps such as hiring additional mental health professionals, developing lesson plans about the effects of social media, 
and providing additional training to teachers. And not only that, I think it was a 90-page lawsuit. Mm -hmm. wow. And they also said in there, the defendants have successfully exploited the vulnerable brains of youth, hooking tens of millions of students across the country into positive feedback loops of excessive use and abuse of defendants' social media platform. Worse, the content that these companies curate and direct to youth is too often harmful and exploitive. I don't know if you guys remember when the whistleblower from Facebook, Frances mm -hmm. Haugen, mm -hmm. uh, testified before Congress about the same thing. And she said that Instagram negatively affected teenagers by harming their body image and making eating disorders and thoughts of suicide worse. Mm -hmm. And she provided research that she had gathered with the company. Back to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she alleged the platform prioritized profits over safety. Mm -hmm and hid its own research research from investors in the public. So, Emma, you, um, like I said, you've looked at the research, you've done some work on that mm -hmm. research. I think you were doing a research paper on it mm -hmm. and then a presentation as well. Uh, what were some of your findings about the impact of social media on teen suicide and depression? Well, I found, um, this is all from the CDC. I have my statistics. Um, we have a number of kids who experienced a major depressive episode in 2021 that increased by 206,000 from the previous year. Mm. Um, suicide attempts among U.S. adolescents increased by 31% from 2019 to 2020. And then emergency department visits for suspected suicide attempts in 2021 were 51% higher among girls ages 12 to 17 um, than during the same period in 2019. Yes. It's astounding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. Now, I think we know that uh, the research is suggesting at this point that, that the pandemic affected mm -hmm. all of us, yes. including our kids. But anything else that you... Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, the pandemic also kind of created like an environment where people had nothing to do. And so I think that's oh. also why um, mm -hmm. these numbers went up. But I found a survey of 1,500 Americans found that 86% of kids ages 16 to 24 reported that social media directly negatively impacts their happiness. Specifically, 85% reported negative effects on self-esteem, 83% reported an increase in anxiety, 81% at a report reported an increase in loneliness, and 79% reported an increase in depression. It's a lot. Those are troubling mm -hmm. numbers. Yeah, it is. They're it troubling is. numbers. Oh, my word. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I happen to believe, and I think I, in a lot of my reading of the research, they believe this too, that, and, and it, it stated in this, in this uh, lawsuit, it talked about exploiting the vulnerable mm -hmm. brains mm -hmm. of youth. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I do believe that adolescents are going through a tremendous amount of growth and development mm -hmm. that includes the brain growth. And I think that does make them more vulnerable mm -hmm. to some of the things that we're talking about, mm -hmm. like uh, depression, mm -hmm. suicidal thinking, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And I hate to say it, but I think we're all easily influenced. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, mm -hmm. there would be no such thing as advertising. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> We're all vulnerable. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I, I would say is, 
Yes, of course they're vulnerable mm -hmm. because people are in general, but then on the other hand, these are developing brains mm -hmm. and that creates a problem mm -hmm. in my opinion. Now, mm -hmm. Dr. Zach, does that mm -hmm. spark anything in you since you also have worked with teens in your right. counseling practice right. and also you're raising two teens? I have two teen boys who, you know, I feel like this is my world right now. Um, I, I understand the impact of social media, the, the, the preoccupation with social mm -hmm. media, right, at this, you know, phase of their life. And, you know, I also read a little bit of research that I think um, is, is noteworthy. Um, this was some large-scale research done back in 2018. So you think, you know, add five years, mm -hmm. and I can't imagine that these numbers wouldn't be higher now. Mm -hmm. But there was 46% um, of teen social media users felt overwhelmed by the drama and cyberbullying on these social media apps. 43% felt pressured to only post content that would make them look good to others. Mm -hmm. Of course. And that makes sense. It makes sense. 37% felt pressured to only post content that would get a lot of likes and comments, right? So now it's not only, um, you know, the, the pressure to post this content, but posting content that will garner positive, you know, response. Mm -hmm. um, 26% felt worse about their own life due to what they saw on social media. Now, I know, and this is many years ago, but as a middle schooler and as a high schooler, back then, right, the, the social comparisons, the, mm -hmm. the lack of confidence, uh -huh. the learning who we are, our identity, there was a lot of pressure back then. And I think the thing that, that is highlighted by some of this research is pressure, mm -hmm. pressure, pressure, pressure. So, you know, we're talking about mental health and we're talking about, you know, these kids developing brains and, and what they put and, and how much time is spent. And so, you know, there's no question that, that there's an impact, right, on, on anxiety, on depression, on potentially, you know, suicidal thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so can I, my, uh, in thinking about today, I texted my kids because uh, I had two teenage daughters, mm -hmm. and I asked them, because I don't remember if there was even any social media back then, mm -hmm. and I said, did y'all ever use any social media? This is so awful. Do you remember something called MySpace? I do. I <laughs> missed that. A little before. Yep. MySpace. Yep, yep. That's yep, what they that, did a little bit a of. A little bit. Not much. Yeah. And then it wasn't until college that they uh, started using even Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had flip phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... If they you think about that, that mm -hmm. they're in their early 30s mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. and already, mm -hmm. we already know we've come so far. Mm -hmm. You, I think you were about to ask Emma a question. Well, wondering, you know, what kind of what your thoughts are, right, yeah. on, on, you know, these correlates to, to anxiety, depression. Absolutely. And I think I'm, I'm at that age. I'm 24. So I grew up right on the cusp of social media and so mm -hmm. i had a phone maybe in sixth or eighth grade mm -hmm. uh, for safety um but it wasn't until late high school when or maybe high school when we got instagram and snapchat mm -hmm. but i look now and i'm so thankful that i did not have to grow up going through middle school mm -hmm. um but i you mentioned the pressure and putting stuff out on the internet that not only will your peers like and will 
you know, receive a lot of attention, but also, you know, your best version of yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, we all three of us, we have social media and we only put things out there. That's like the greatest thing ever. You know, we don't post ourselves Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I might do a little cyberbullying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've well, never t- cyberbullied <laughs> yeah, anybody. Yeah. That's sorry. Good. Yeah, that's sorry. good. You delete um, the pictures that don't make you look good. Or you that own, don't get enough likes. Or that don't get enough likes. Yeah. I don't do that, but I guess that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I also think one thing that I saw was that... Um, Instagram shows up in surveys the most as a platform that leads young people to report feeling the most anxiety, depression, mm. and worries about body image. And I think about all of the apps out there that can be used to filter your appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen comparisons of celebrities where the photo that they put out on Instagram and then the like what they looked like that night. Um, and I think that pressure of being a young, I guess, middle school age um and seeing these doctored images and thinking Mm -hmm. why don't i look like that but Mm -hmm. that's actually impossible Mm -hmm. nobody looks like that Um, and back in the day we mm -hmm. we had something similar but it was magazine covers models on magazine covers but those are people that we don't know we know they're celebrities Mm -hmm. and so you can sort of understand Mm -hmm. that maybe there's some you know um filtering or or work done photoshopping but when you see your peers right Mm -hmm. that are using these filters it's very different and when those posts have the most likes the most comments and are being received so great amongst like Mm -hmm. the school population Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. want themselves and they comment i mean you know again this is my Mm -hmm. world so i have many of my my boys uh same age you know friends and so i see what they post and the comments, you know, hot, fire, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you know, slay. gorge, slay, you know, all of this that, that if you don't get those comments, right, then, mm-hmm. well, then what well, does that What did mean? I do wrong? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also and think- how ugly am I? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I must mm-hmm. be really ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I think those very negative terms start coming into the head mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think this is another thing that I thought of, um, probably you guys experienced if- you were at school and there was a party, but you weren't invited, mm-hmm. um, or you might have thought there was something happening, but you know you were kind of excluded. Well, even when I was growing up and you guys were growing up, we didn't really hear about it until mm-hmm. maybe the next week at school. Mm-hmm. But now I wrote um, like it's an obvious minute by minute rejection because mm-hmm. kids who are excluded they can tune in and watch the photos, like live videos that people are mm-hmm. posting mm-hmm. from where mm-hmm. they weren't invited. Yep. And that's just, yeah. And I think to piggyback on that, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, a a hallmark of this age is is this, you know, black and white thinking. They think in terms of absolutes. Mm -hmm. And so then there's these thoughts of, you know, everyone always gets invited. Mm -hmm. I'm never invited. I never, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know. Nobody likes me. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes me. Everyone looks better than me. Mm-hmm. And it, it really can create, you know, some some distorted thinking that then again, you know, creates anxiety, mm-hmm. creates, you know, potentially some social isolation, yep. depression, depression, you know, and in worst case, suicidal thinking. Mm-hmm. What 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 is the what is the role of even suggestion? For example, when I was in high school, no one had ever heard of the thing called cutting. Mm. Mm. Now everybody seems to know about it. Mm-hmm. 
What is, how does that affect the teen, in your opinion, in terms of exposure and then it creates its own monster? I mean, mm -hmm. is that accurate? Um, I think this is, I think it really came out during the pandemic. I think people, especially on TikTok, they felt kind of safe to talk about any kind of mental illness mm -hmm. or, you know, hard times that they had been facing. And I think it has almost become trendy mm -hmm. to have um, kind of like a self-diagnosed mental illness or, you know, hardcore struggle that people talk about mm -hmm. on social media. And, you know, if a young child is watching this saying, well, you know what, this helped them mm -hmm. and I'm feeling exactly what they were feeling, maybe this would help me. Yeah. I see good. it with the kids I work mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, where they're they, they're learning from each other, mm -hmm. but, you know, unhealthy coping strategies, and they feel this sense of community, this yeah. sense of belonging, someone else understands what I'm mm -hmm. going through, mm -hmm. and it can, it can be problematic. Mm -hmm. well, are, are there other things that you picked up from your research about why our teens are susceptible? Well, anything else besides what we've already discussed? That may be it, but mm -hmm. anything else that you picked up in the research? Um, well... I think teens are just really susceptible, and I think the more that they're on their phones, um, it takes away the social interaction that is just so important. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, um, oh, what was I going to say? It was so, so important. Oh, um, there was a study done. I don't, I can't find it in here, but every time we pick up our phones um, or log onto our social media, we get a rush of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so we're tricking ourselves into thinking that it's a reward mm -hmm. every time mm -hmm. we check social media. Right. And so it's just the vicious cycle mm -hmm. when it's not rewarding at all. Yeah, I saw that in the research mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Re well, and there was, you know, was there was a Netflix show, you remember, was it called Social Media? Where it, it talked about how it's purposeful, the notifications that oh, yeah. that pop up and so that you're you're immediately drawn to back to your phone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To see who liked my picture mm -hmm. or um, that it really is purposeful. And, um, you know, with kids, um, it does create um, a disconnect from real world, mm -hmm. right? They're, they, they're, I, I was with a group of ninth grade girls last night and the first thing they did, they hadn't seen each other in, the, in a while. And the first thing they did was gather real quickly to take selfies to then post. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it, it, it was strange to me that, you uh -huh. know, this was their automatic, not connecting just naturally not in the moment, in the moment mm -hmm. but to, to have this moment where they had to all, and then, you know, oh, don't post that one, you know, let's retake it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it really, there, there's a disconnect there you yeah. know, for our kids. Well, and we have to remember too, what is the point of these social media platforms? Mm -hmm to make money. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not discounting that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's wrong, but that is the main purpose and the goal is to advertise yeah. and make money. Mm -hmm. And and so I don't know that they're necessarily trying to tweak it that way. Maybe mm -hmm. they are, mm -hmm. but there is a point mm -hmm. and the point is not what the kids are getting on there for. Right. And it's not what I'm getting on there for. Right. Um, I read this, this was just astounding. TikTok now has over 138 million active users in the U.S. and has been downloaded over 2.6 billion times, wow. which is astounding yeah. to me. Um, anything else that you've 
garnered um, in that uh, what might enhance the depression and the anxiety and and that sort of thing i remember it was in my presentation that i gave that i think it might be the 10 second loop mm -hmm. of a TikTok is i think the exact amount of time where you catch interest you're interested and then you're just you're bored and you want to move on and the videos on TikTok are specifically meant to target that in your brain and then be able to move on quickly mm -hmm. to the next. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so easy to get stuck for hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, looped in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is by design, correct? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's by design. Now, okay. um, one thing that I found here, online social networking also leads to increased exposure to and engagement in self-harm behavior due to users receiving negative messages promoting self-harm, mm -hmm. emulating self-injurious behaviors of others, and adopting self-harm practices from shared videos. Mm -hmm. Another point is greater time spent on social networking websites led to higher psychological distress. Mm -hmm. The more time, mm -hmm. the worse it is. Yep. yep. Um, so this is a question for both of you. Uh, what perhaps can make a teen developmentally more vulnerable and susceptible to the negative effects of social media? Do you, do you have a thought about that? You know, we've, in some of our... And we've already alluded to it, I know. Well, but, no, I was going to say in some of our other podcasts, we've been talking about the, the growing brain. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the fact that, um, you know, the, the frontal lobe does not develop until, I mean, 24, 25, some research is suggesting. And we know frontal lobe is what's responsible, you know, for problem solving, Influences. for higher level thinking, self-awareness, mm -hmm. insight. Regulating um, your mood. Regulating your mood. It's kind of the behavioral and emotional control center. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're expecting these kids, you know, to, to have some of these skills, but their brain isn't even fully developed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, I think, you know, it, it does create more vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I, yes. I was also going to say, um, we also know um, there are gender differences. Mm -hmm. um, I've read some research and I think, and I see this a little you, bit. I think you alluded to it just a few minutes ago about girls in particular, 50%. Yeah. Yes. There's I a, don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the emergency department visits for suspected suicide. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We know that girls are more relationally attuned. They're more mm -hmm. sensitive to interpersonal stressors and emotions. And emotions. We, and, however, are cavemen. And have no <laughs> emotional <laughs> connection, right? Nope. Right. <laughs> but it, you know, when you think about what social media is, it's all about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so there has been some research that has suggested that, you know, while um, our boys are are not necessarily at an elevated risk for suicidal um, behavior um, that it, it's that our girls are mm -hmm. and I do see that with with my with my sons they I you know they just don't get as wrapped up in mm -hmm. in the content they don't um, take it as personally, they don't take it as personally. Mm -hmm. and so I think we have to be mindful of that um, with our young girls mm -hmm. can I piggyback off of that I found this other point in research really important that um getting involved in that looping mm -hmm. that's there it negatively 
strengthens the neural pathways mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. need to mm -hmm. be growing towards helping the, uh, the the developing brain of that adolescent mm -hmm. to have greater impulse control, mm -hmm. greater attention, better regulation of mood, mm -hmm. and these things are probably detrimental to that growth. In fact, mm -hmm. making them go in the opposite direction mm -hmm. where inattention, mm -hmm. uh, unable, because the brain is used to this never-ending cycle stimulation. of stimulation, yep. and so stimulation. it's not growing in the ways mm -hmm. that it needs to. So we're looking at insults to the brain yeah. that are psychological, mm -hmm. but we're also looking at potential psychological insults to the developing brain yep. because mm -hmm. it's not learning to do the things yeah. it needs to do yeah. because it's in that loop that never mm -hmm. ends that they can stay mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. for hours yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't read any research but i would be curious to know you know to read more research on the increase in what appears to be more ADHD and, and, uh -huh. you know, if there's a correlation, right. Mm -hmm. With, um, social media. Well, you can, it makes sense that it's going to stimulate mm -hmm. those problems. Yep. Impulsiveness, inattentiveness, yep. inability to manage mood, yep. that kind of thing. You I, were saw, say something. I saw something, I can't remember where it was, but it was, um, a kid watching a movie, like a teenager and the movie was on in the background on the big TV and they were playing a video game in their hand and like trying to like while watching the movie and then their phone was next to them and they were scrolling through yeah. their phone. So, you know, just sitting there and watching a movie isn't stimulating and, you know, quickly rewarding enough uh -huh. where they have to, you know, uh -huh. play the video game uh -huh. and check on social media. Oh, I'm going to throw my husband mm -hmm. under the bus, but I see it with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll have football on the TV. Mm -hmm. He'll have his laptop that he might be doing something with. And then he might be playing solitaire down here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like... That's a lot going but, on there. But solitaire is necessary, <laughs> please. There are some things that you just can't Loves not give up. solitaire, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything else in your research, research that you wanted to um, speak to? I don't think so. I just think that it's, I think it's really simple um, because kids at that age are so susceptible to anything you know, negative towards them. They take things really personally. And I think if, even if a kid isn't aware of that, that they take things personally, if they get, you know, a negative comment on something that they posted, it could easily spark the, I knew it, or you know what, they're right. Maybe they, you know, maybe I am not that great. Mm -hmm. um, and I think then they could be seeking those things out mm -hmm. um, and maybe posting things that would you know, kind of get back a little more negativity because that's what they kind of were assuming in the first place, you know, does that make uh -huh. sense? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just kind of a vicious cycle where kids are just so susceptible to anything and impressionable at that age where, yeah. you know, it, people take it and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. hide behind, you know, I think that's anonymity. the other thing, the anonymity, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, these things aren't shared face to face, mm -hmm. but when you're behind a screen, and, you know, it's very different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we haven't really talked as much about cyberbullying, but I mean, it's, it's, that's another big problem. The fake accounts. Oh, that yeah, the fake accounts. Yeah, yep. yeah it yep. hurts. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so million dollar question. What's a parent to do with all of this? Um, we, I guess, you know, wasn't it 
who was it that said just stick the teenager into a barrel and <laughs> seal it up until they're 30 and then let mm -hmm. them out and then let them out yeah. yeah um what do you do you know uh how do you and and are we saying here never let them have any social media apps i don't know how you control that but mm -hmm. never uh, I, I think it's really a question that this society is wrestling with right now. And I think a lot of parents are wrestling mm -hmm. with, yeah. how do I handle this? But, you know, sometimes simple might be the best mm -hmm. way forward. You know, what's some steps mm -hmm. that we yeah. can take to move forward? Emma, mm -hmm. what can a parent do in the situation knowing that we've got a rise in depression, mm -hmm. suicidal thinking, body image issues, mm -hmm. not eating like they should be, mm -hmm. uh, horse sleep is affected. Um, um, well, I have, I have three things. I think the first thing I think that saying no social media at all, I think that could be just kind of going in the wrong direction because then I think a child is going to feel further separated from their peers, um, and not really a part of it. Um, but in some cases I'm sure it's a hundred percent necessary. Um, the second thing is that I think it, it's important to kind of keep an open dialogue. Um, I remember growing up, my parents said that, you know, we would never be in trouble if we told the truth. And so I think if um, your child can come to you and say, hey, somebody said this to me on social media, you know, what do I do? You know, people are just saying this about me. Like, how do I respond? Um, I think that's really helpful. Absolutely. And the third thing I put is if your child is old enough, um, you know, without making them overly nervous or anxious. I think it's really important for parents to teach them about the predators online who um, will act and present exactly as your child's age and interests and, you know, be there for your child if they're down um, when the parent, you know, might be like marginalized and then, you know, a predator can step in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's so dangerous. That's probably my biggest thing um, mm -hmm. because everyone is like a stranger on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where these predators really thrive. So mm -hmm. I think educating your child about that. Too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. I, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have a, 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 there was a, a young child that, um, whose parents were very um, rigid about, you know, the age that they were going to allow social media. And I mean, and he was older, I think that they finally allowed it in high school and he felt very disconnected from mm -hmm. his peers mm -hmm. and it created, you know, kind of the opposite um, that, that I think that they had intended. And, you know, what we haven't talked about that I think it's fair to talk about, there are some positives that come from social mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. Connection. There, there are some positives, the mm -hmm. connection, the, you know, the sense of, um, belonging the you can find groups you can find groups people of the same interests if those aren't available at school yep yeah yep we have you know kids who who may struggle with social anxiety that that this is a way that they can connect socially mm -hmm. that maybe they don't feel as comfortable face to face so i think you know it is important to to know and you know social media is not going anywhere mm -hmm. i mean despite everything that we're talking about it's not going anywhere and so teaching kids how to use social media in an appropriate way with kind of that, those conversations. Um, I do think that we have to consider age um, mm -hmm. when we're talking about, you know, social media. 
learning some of the working with our kids and the population that we work with also you know doing some of the research um, th there really is sort of a you know 12 13 is probably an mm -hmm. age I think that that you know we can begin considering social media elementary age I think is is probably too young um, I think so too. for for lots of, of reasons um, but talking to kids about, um, you know, I talked with my own boys, you know, just because they have the phone, um, I purchased that phone, right? And so, you know, it, it, I can do spot checks and mm -hmm. I will do spot checks, especially when they were younger. I think that's more important, you know, that parents know that they do have that influence and they do need mm -hmm. to be monitoring content. And, and then, as you said, having those conversations, I know, um, I think it's, helpful for teens when when we're able to say how social media impacts us as adults mm -hmm. right that this isn't just a kid issue that adults mm -hmm. have fomo fear of missing out mm -hmm. adults have mm -hmm. you know oh my goodness how are they going on all these vacations mm -hmm. and what am i doing that i'm not able and so having that open dialogue i think that one all the time absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a common thought yeah. <laughs> so having you know having these conversations um so that we we help our kids to develop a healthy relationship with social media. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree so much with what you're saying because I think we can take a developmental viewpoint mm -hmm. about what we allow mm -hmm. and knowing that the end result is they're going to be adults and they will make mm -hmm. their own decisions. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we have to let mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. they get older. Mm -hmm. yep. Bit by bit, yep. maybe a lot some years because mm -hmm. they've really yep. had some big jumps. Mm -hmm. And I love the point that you made too about relationship, you know, mm -hmm. being able to come to your parent. Mm -hmm. You said that too. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. to be able to have that open relationship. Now, a few, uh, did you have anything else? I had a, a few things again. I'll... Um, a couple other just quick thoughts especially with our younger kids, you know, in, in terms of recommendations for parents. I think it's fair for parents to ask for the phone at night with mm -hmm. our, you know, younger teens. I think it is, you know, with this desire to constantly, you know, be inundated, you know, setting some just basic limits, you know, no phone at the dinner table. When we're doing family activities, we put the phone away. You know, mm -hmm. I think these are all things that parents can do um, to promote connectedness to promote staying in the moment rather than, you know, everybody's on their phone. Um, during homework time, you know, um, I think my boys have struggled with that. They get very distracted, oh. right, with those dings and notifications. And we've had to, to learn how to put our phone up and turn it off mm -hmm. when, when we're studying. And that, in my reading of the research, is important, that they learn how to say no yeah. mm -hmm. that they learn how to put it down yeah mm -hmm. and that to they're log not gonna on, pick it yeah purposefully logging on yeah. that's another thing that i think can be very helpful that's enhancing is, that brain yeah. you know mm -hmm. the, yeah. the the neurons that i can turn this off and yep. this is the process yeah, yeah. yeah. it's my choice yeah. yeah yeah um i think just looking at it from a big scale i i, I kind of thought well what do families need they need to promote activities that promote adolescent executive functioning mm -hmm. and well-being. Mm -hmm. And that includes sleep, it includes physical activity, distraction-free homework, 
and positive interactions with family and friends, with real mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can look at that, I think, as the overarching, there's where we mm -hmm. need to go. Mm -hmm. That's the simple step. Another thing, and both of you have alluded to this too, maybe even having a family meeting once a month, mm -hmm. every couple of weeks, where we talk about this issue mm -hmm. with everybody, mm -hmm. get everyone's input, mm -hmm. uh, get everyone to be talking about it, one of the things that I thought, you know, the research shows the longer your teen is on these apps, the worse mm -hmm. it gets for them and the more at risk they are for depression and suicidal thinking mm -hmm. and the body image issues. So I think we can be frank with our kids mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not healthy. Right. So how, what are some rules that we're going to have in our family about that? And I love that mm -hmm. about maybe no phones at the table mm -hmm. uh certainly not when you're doing schoolwork. um what was the other thing you said maybe even everybody puts the phone at night. away at night at a yeah. certain place mm -hmm. unless they've gotten older mm -hmm. and as a parent you've decided it's yeah. time to no longer be yeah. in that kind of yeah. role my parents did that with me yeah. i wasn't allowed to have my phone upstairs i think until i was a freshman in high school mm -hmm. sophomore maybe um and I hated it, obviously, um, but it has carried through with me. And at night, you know, I, I remember that. And I remember how great I went to sleep and how quickly mm -hmm. I went to sleep where I try and, you know, maybe don't keep my phone right next to me all the time at night. And that's promoting sleep, yep. which yeah. teenagers so need yeah. desperately. Um, another suggestion, swap screen, screen time for real time. Mm -hmm. Exercise and free play are among the best ways to build attention during childhood. Mm -hmm. Exercise and free play. Uh, and so what can parents do to be intentional with their kids that maybe they will get out with them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I just want to sit on the, on the couch and watch a show, but maybe I need to be intentional about getting mm -hmm. out with my kids. Mm -hmm. We're going to go to the park. We're going to go do something. Mm -hmm. We're going to go meet some real people mm -hmm. and, you know, being intentional yeah. about doing real life things. And we're not going to have our phones with us. Uh, that thing that I just mentioned, practicing restraint, your child's brain won't inherently want to set aside a device that's delivering entertainment. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're going to push back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They will push back. Yeah. And if you're already to the point where maybe some of these rules or some of these limits haven't been set, um, it's not too late, right? It's right. not too late to mm -hmm. set the limits, but no, there's going to be pushback, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but, but they can learn to, to modify. And that's mm -hmm. important. Maybe the pushback is even mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. that maybe the conflict about that might be mm -hmm. important in terms of their brain right. growth mm -hmm. and development. Right. Um, when you practice stopping, it strengthens those connections in the brain to allow you to stop again next mm -hmm. time. Yep. So our kids learning how to stop, that's important yep. for the brain development. Um, and then uh, tech, tech has its own tools for helping. Mm -hmm. TikTok, they have a screen management setting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another screen thing called family pairing that can, the parent can pair with TikTok, mm -hmm. with their child's TikTok account. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that should just all be out in the open, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. as yeah. you talk to your teen. Uh, and then finally, if you need help, mm -hmm. there's help. Mm 
There's mm -hmm. counseling, counseling mm -hmm. for the teen, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, family counseling mm -hmm. to help with setting up some of these boundaries mm -hmm. and what we can do, mm -hmm. so. I will add, I had, um, and this really speaks more to, to content rather than time spent on um, some of these apps, but I had a conversation with my boys when they first were starting to text and, and you know use social media and comment. Um, just a general rule. And I, I told them, you know, when you're considering posting a comment, texting someone, um, snapping a picture, you know, are you okay if any of the people that I'm going to name read the text, see the text, you know, um, you know, your grandmother, your uh, your coach, your school principal your church uh, pastor or a future boss. And if any of those are no, that you would not be okay if your Gigi read one of the things that you just posted, then you don't post it. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be talking to our kids about, you know, it, we didn't get into this, this topic, we could talk about it for, for hours, um, you know, but also about the fact that what they're posting, it doesn't go away, mm -mm. right? And kids don't understand that or don't think about that. And so some of these things follow them. And so they have to be, um, I think we have to educate them, mm -hmm. right, about, you know, what they're sharing and how they're sharing it and, you know, being mindful of um, the future, potential future consequences I of doing there's, so. There's been a lot of news articles about, like, I think kids who have gotten like full ride scholarships mm -hmm. to their college for a sport. Um, and that was all taken away by some video that they circulated, you know, six years before. And so... Mm -hmm. I think I unfortunately seen a lot of them and I think those serve as great teachers uh -huh. where you can kind of let your kid read it and then they can make the decision yeah. themselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, both of you. Thank you, thank Dr. You. Zach, for your words of wisdom. Emma, thank you for sharing with us not only your words of wisdom, but even the research that you oh, did. And you. I think this is a timely, I, this is a timely topic that's not going to go away. Mm -mm. So. Thank you again.